and I wait for the bubbles to disappear. Okay. Because that usually means that the whole thing is soft that I don't need to crack it open. Like I'm not going to crack it open and lick the icing and then do a thing. I want, if it's a double stuff and the whole thing is soft enough, the texture is right when you eat it. So, I'm about, so you I'm, soak it. You don't dip I soak it. it. You, you I soak, soak it. it. I soak it. The whole thing is submerged. And like your fingers, if you eat enough of them, like you, you turn into like finger raisins, like, cause your fingers are in milk for like, you put your finger in the milk too. You don't just 100%. leave a little bit out. No, I wash my hands mm. before and then finger goes in the milk. Although pro tip, if you're using Oreos for like, you know, in the um, food processor to make like a crust, like a pie crust type thing, like a Oreo pie crust, get the thins. Those actually work better because the, like the frosting to um, cookie ratio works better with the butter. There's, there's too much moisture in it and it, and it fucks it up. Uh, I have seen the thing where you can use a fork to go into the icing of the double stuff to dunk. I should do that, but I just like my milk fingers. And welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine. I am joined by Milk Fingers Scrapel, Mark Fangmeyer, Rodrigo Sanchez Cheveria. Hello, everyone. It's good to good to have you back. Uh, Mark and I watched the um, Minnesota United team from the Brew Hall uh, roof, which is uh, the the only place in the stadium I had not watched a game from. Uh, so. I've now hit the full blackout bingo on that stadium. And who were the two geeks that pushed that, turned that zero into a one when we scored? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, um, uh, I, I started chatting up one of the um, employees who I've seen him around before, but never really met him. And was like, um, so what, what uh, if I give you 20, can I change that scoreboard? And he's like, no, dude. It's like, what, what are we talking? 50? No, dude. If I give you a hundred dollars, will you let me change that scoreboard? And he didn't respond. I was like, "All right, a hundred dollars is price." But then, like, uh, then then we scored, and um, and by that point, like, there was there the reason I was talking to him was like suddenly like eight people had shown up right in front of it, and I was like, "Are they maybe uh, Sean Sitnik called security on me or something?" Um, and then and then there's like only two up there, and I and the guy we score, and the guy's like, "Yo, yo, yo, go, go." And so I ran up and then another guy was like, no, you can't. And then another guy was like, just let him. So I, we, so Mark and I like just barely pushed it. Like they, we, we basically <laughs> like slapped it five, like, Hey, hooray. We, but Hey man, I changed the score personally. Just me. It's me. Didn't even have to pay a hundred bucks. Um, <laughs> anyway, this is a podcast. We're going to talk about <laughs> soccer. Uh, let's start with a little bit of the good, the bad, and the weird. Good. The return of the U.S. Open Cup. It did not happen last two years, right? Two whole Correct. years yeah. without two it. Years. Two whole years. Um, it comes back on Tuesday night. There's lots of great weird-ass matchups. I'm not sure who's going to be this year's. Uh, I haven't gone through and seen if like there's some random um, team sponsored by Jiffy Lube from Jacksonville or something, but I don't, I don't think we have uh, the Florida soccer soldiers are not in it. The Jackson jiffies. Uh, anyway, um, but we do know that at least Wednesday night, it's uh, Minneapolis city making their triumphant return since they've never actually made it into open cup. They've, they keep on getting uh, 
um, booted out uh, for various reasons because of uh, uh, some sort of conspiracy. But they are playing against Dennis the Menace, uh, the Des Moines Menace in uh, Des Moines. It's going to be 7 p.m. I know that Minneapolis City is doing a watch party at Ninth Street Soccer. We'll have it on at the uh, bar at 7 p.m. I'm going to be talking to uh, Matt, the head coach of Minneapolis City. I think this week we'll do a special podcast to do kind of a preview of them moving into USL 2, um, the Open Cup, etc. I was supposed to do it last Friday and then flaked on him because I had 30 things come up. So sorry, Matt. Um, the other good is that the NWSL Challenge Cup uh happened this weekend and we had two debuts we had a derby debut from angel city versus the san diego wave um it was a one-one draw actually i think all the games were one-one draws except for like there was yeah uh, there was courage one two games yeah okay or they were all draws except for like the courage one (laughs) something um red chicago red stars were the other winning team oh okay um so you've got, do you, are the cops showing up at your house there, Corey? Is that what's going on? Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, when you live near an emergency, the emergency dispatch on uh, uh, Minnesota in 10th, you just get that all the time. It's a good thing you don't work in audio. Um, the uh, bad this week, we had Dax McCarty uh, getting a straight red after he got a yellow um, right at the end of the game. He just... This was horrible. Just... Um, put his heel into the RSL player. Um, he went on and created a video with a, a pretty genuine apology and, and kind of, uh, I, th- I thought it was a, a good way. We all make mistakes, become good at apologizing. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm a really big fan of good apologies. Uh, congratulations, Dax. Um, Barcelona agreed to a Spotify deal. So the stadium will now be called the Spotify camp now. And, um, all the players will be paid uh, 0.003 cents per touch. Point yeah, zero zero. Was the, there, I was, was missing a zero. Yeah. That was Corey yeah. Streppel's joke. Thank you. Yeah, that's my. That's my. Because you see, Spotify doesn't pay their their music no. No. per stream. It's I got pretty low. I got and that's the, a four dollar four dollar ninety three royalty check last week, my friends. I don't know what it was for yet, but it was maybe probably. you're the new uh, Barcelona midfielder. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> oh my god. I, I had a lot of signed I got a lot of even. touches in my friend. Yes. That's that, I'm I'm playing pretty well. Congratulations, um, Wes. Thank in. you. You are you are new. You are the newest community owner of Barcelona. Yeah. So a weird. Tell me about this Newell's old boys match being delayed because of a grenade. It's not a grenade. It's it's more like a. It was more like a, like an M80 kind of like really yeah, heavy. It's like heavy a big heavy duty. firework. With yeah. Like lots of like, you know. But they threw it out in the middle of the field, and it just, it just, it blew up, right? I mean, like there was no crater or nothing, but it caused enough of a, of disturbance uh, to be able to, to just, uh, you know, delay the game and that matter. But I mean, it's hooliganism. It's Argentina. I'm, I'm not surprised at all. Um, in weird or good news. For the uh, Everton versus Newcastle match, you had a protester who zip-tied their neck to the goalpost. There was 17 minutes of stoppage time. Anyone have any? I'm there to protest. Sorry. Yeah, he, he was he was basically protesting, um, uh, like uh, the the UK's it's was a dirty it, oil. 
Dirty yeah, oil it's, it's, money, a, it's about much. the oil stuff. Um, but and Newcastle, like how, I assume. Yeah, yeah, and how like Brit- Brit- British Prime Minister Boris Johnson visited Saudi Arabia to ask for more oil and all this stuff. The thing that the thing that gets me is like the 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 style and the drip on this kid. Like he had like the like the short like neck mid neck level like Monty Python style hair with like porny clear like aviator glasses with a slight tint to them. Like it's just absolutely perfect. The style is just it's mm. a it's a borrow of nineties Jeffrey Dahmer's look kinda. Oh yeah, I, he definitely he definitely looks like he eats people. Oh man. <laughs> I, I guess I I look at him and think like I'm pretty sure that guy plays bass in the national. Yeah, yeah. Well well here's the thing though. The what they don't tell you is actually He's the the studio bassist. He doesn't go on yes. tour with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Which he, is why, yeah. The National looked at him and was like, "You look too much like us. You have to stay in the studio." And and, and also because he he's just morally opposed to touring is is has a big carbon footprint. He's opposed to it. Exactly. Um, good for him. Uh, Mike Dean, notorious EPL ref, announced his retirement uh, at the end of this season. Mike Dean is a, is a legend. Uh, good luck. I wonder what he's going to do at, in his at, retirement. At this, at this point right now, he has issued 117 red cards in his 22-year career, and we still have nine more matches in the in the, the English season. My man's getting to 125. Got to go off on a good note. 100%. 100%. All right, let's take a break. We will come back. Minnesota United beat San Jose one to nothing. Welcome back on the 55-1 podcast. Let's hit a little bit of Minnesota United news before we talk about the game. Biggest news is Chase Gasper entering the, um, basically the mental health and substance abuse program that uh, that the that MLS has. Um, we have not yet seen him yet this season, and he, he had previously just been kind of listed with a head injury. Um we don't really know the details and we don't really need to know the details. So all, all, all we know is that Chase will be out for a little while and um, it, it's great to see uh, him getting some support and, and great to see that he kind of um, voluntarily sought out that support. I know that um, one, the, the um, supporters put up a kind of uh, 77 with the heart in the middle in the section this weekend. And I, one of the people who was part of it said that Sherry Ballard, uh, the the new president of the club came out and kind of at the beginning and, and kind of thanked them for doing that and talked to them for a little bit about it, which was great to hear. Um, it's good to hear, great to hear about her and, and, uh, and from this supporter who was, who said that it was a really great uh, encouraging conversation. So I love to, I love to hear more about that when Sherry comes on the, on the pod at some point. <laughs> um, we'll see if the team is responding to my emails. Pretty sure I lit that bridge on fire uh, when I Way to go, when I titled the podcast. Uh, Chris Wright only cares about your money, uh, but that's uh, you know I usually do something about once a year that really just shits on the team and gets everyone mad at me, and then by ten to eleven months later, I feel like it's almost ready to be repaired. So I just have to hit it in the sweet spot right before I shit, right before I do something this, stupid. 
just just uh you know feel free to drop uh drop good old milk fingers in the in the email next time and see what they say i'm working with peabody awarding award-winning uh producer milk fingers shreppel um <laughs> it's actually because i can edit so fast with the keyboard shortcuts it's like silky <laughs> like milk and it's great saying it with uh with our our eastern pennsylvanian accent uh milk fingers milk. Milk. all right um kamar lawrence uh left back um one of the best fullbacks in the league just a few years ago he went to Anderlecht, i believe um and then yeah. he went to toronto fc we got him basically for a box of peanuts and like you know a fiver as they say and that um, one irish kid that we got in the draft yes the, the <laughs> no sorry we traded them 50,000 in GAM, I believe, and then also the rights to a college player who I believe is already playing with New... I think he's the guy who's playing with New England, yep. too. Yeah, he's, he's so, in Revs, too. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like... <laughs> <laughs> like all they got, got from nothing. us was like his phone number. We like here's we pulled the card out of our Rolodex and handed it to them, gave them fifty thousand in gam, uh, and then like a thank you. Yeah, yeah. it's great. And, and also they're covering like Toronto is still covering part of his salary and like the transfer fee. So like it's way more than fifty thousand dollars. And so we're basically just got him for free. I, I, Bob it's Bradley, like, it's Bob like getting Bradley one chope, yeah, in a sense, right? It's, it's like kind it's like of the whole one chope deal, yeah. So I I don't know about it, but all I know is it's awesome. So Kamar Lawrence is going to play well. We already have Debassi, um, who's been doing very well as a left back. Um, so there we go. That that's good news. Um, are we going to actually? I should ask this, Kamar Lawrence. What's the over under? Or here, I'll set the over under for his appear his starts. Eleven and a half. Oh wow! Okay, so we're going more than. Uh, so is he going to be Fisher? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going over. Yeah, you think he's going to come in and become like, a, I don't, a I, main I, starter? Like I, I would be surprised if we see Chase back again for the majority of the season. Uh, so I'm, I'm taking the over on that. Yeah, I would say I would put it at you know maybe twenty. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's take the under. Ooh, there we go. Um, contrarian. <laughs> Five loons were called up for international duty. We've got Dane called in for Canada. We've got Lud for Finland. Um, Joseph Rosales and Kermagerd Ariaga for Honduras. And then we got Bongi called in for South Africa, just going for his big return where he's going to just, he's going to score goals by, by the dozens. Um, they should be back by March 29th to the 30th. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that'll be that'll be back a couple of days before our next home match against uh, Seattle in the second. Yep, which will be a great game. There will be a decent amount of Seattle fans in town for it. It's an afternoon game. No, that's the twenty third. Sorry, it's a night game. Sorry. Um, let's see. Debassi was named team of the week bench, which is I'm still amazed that that is a thing that exists. But I'm pretty sure he gets a bonus for it every time. So congratulations, Debassi. Um, you should come spend that at the bar. Um, this will just like give you ones, throw them at the drag queens. Um, let's see. Uh, Harrison Heath. Oh, congratulations. Harrison Heath comes back with the club. He is a Minnesota United scout. Uh, just because, you know, you got to get your annual case of nepotism in at this club. Uh, so congratulations, Harrison Heath. Well, welcome back. When's the last time you think he was in Minnesota? Last week. 
Do you think he ever came? Was it just an astral projection? I, I, I think I think he I think he just drifted off into the ether after that that yeah. red card against Colorado. Amazing. God. Wait, what's that? What's that uh, world in Minecraft? Is it the Nether World? Is that what it is? That's where he yes. hangs out with the net with the with the dragon character person. Florida. Um, yeah. So let's talk about let's talk about this win over San Jose. Um, I was there with the uh, with some people from Aurora. Um, Minnesota was doing this kind of uh, invited a bunch of the women's teams uh, to come. We of course had our recent tryout, our second open tryout going on. So basically, like no one from our team could go. So, um, but we did have uh, Carla and Nicole, who were two of the designers on the crest. They came and we had a good time. And then Mark was there with his uh, fantastic wife Lindsay. So we watched from the Brew Hall top. And um, and got to see the Minnesota Vixen, the women's football team. I did not uh, chat with any of the Whitecaps players, but or people there, but uh, there was a bunch of people. Um, all that to say, we won one to nothing. Um, the biggest change here was that Bongi uh, started over Fragapane, um, who had a thigh injury. Um, Debasi was in at left back. We still had Dotson at right back. Um, let me. Can we just start with Bongi? Um, because I, I think we went into this season. I went into this season. I'll just speak personally here. I was really hoping to make Bongi a thing. Not that I would make Bongi a thing, but that Bongi would be a thing, and that Bonganista would not um, die on the vine like Shaquanistas did. Um, although Shaquanistas siempre. Um, but to see him come into these games and like. And we're all like, yeah, this is kind of fun. He's kind of he's kind of good. And then to see him start, and it was his best game yet. Um, he he had a fantastic dribble into the box with the shot on goal that was you know a little too easy to save. But I mean, he literally just he he like ran through three bodies. Like they tried to kick at him. And he just like their legs went through him. He just like that. Speaking of astral projection, the dude um, is that Nightcrawler? Yeah, Nightcrawler does that, right? Where like he? Yeah, he, I was also gonna say Patrick Swayze and Ghost, but yeah. yeah, it's the same thing. And also like the dude that like tried to kick him fell over, like got knocked over by him while he <laughs> was running through him. He's like, I mean that the whole play was like a give and go with uh, Amarilla, I think. Right? Or was it Lude? No, it was Lude, I think. Right? Yeah, it was one of those, and it was just. One of one of the things that I really enjoyed watching Bongi is the fact that nobody pays attention to Bongi, so he's like wide open on the left top top, and all it takes is for for a Kevin Molino type style pass to just try to bypass and keep the keep the center backs honest, and he's gonna get to it, and then that's when it's gonna happen. But overall, I mean, his his raw energy and talent, it was like literally watching like someone play pickup soccer and just dribble to three people. By force, but I mean, if I was a defender, I would be absolutely terrified about this huge ass dude just running straight at you. Like he doesn't see you; you are on a different plane. He just he sees only the goal, and he's like, "I have a ball. I'm just going to run straight toward it because I can just go directly through these people who are not in the dimension that I'm in." And like, and then, but the defenders see this dude coming straight at him. I would just. Well, I'm a coward, so I just I would literally just ostrich, right? Put my head just directly in the sand. Um, but I just loved watching Bongi play. Um, 
Fragapane did come in in this game, and I, I mean, he did have a, a clear chance late on that he just Frank he did not dribble through everybody oh like Bongi did. He just like dribbled off uh, the, the saliva dribbled off I'm, his mouth. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that, but it's like I'm ninety nine percent sure that like that ninety two minute chance. One, it was a great pass for, from Abu to 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 Frank Payne, but I'm like, I'm I'm pretty sure he tried to nutmeg the keeper, and he literally just like tapped it right into his knees. Yeah, it was just it was bad. So what, all he needed to do was keep running. That's all he needed to do. I mean, I would have been okay if he would have just dribbled that all the way to the corner flag and just stood there and just posed, you know, like a peacock pose on the ball and waiting for someone to get him. And then you know, make it more dramatic in that sense. But yeah, he if he anyone gets an F, he gets an F. We'll get to the to the chance that actually worked and the goal that did go in. But we had a lot of missed chances here. We had Amaria clear on goal, uh, not clear on goal with just the keeper, and then he um, he just he tried to chip the keeper. I think it kind of makes sense in rewatching it. At the time, it did not make sense. Um, he made the wrong decision or, or just put the wrong weight on it and, um, it didn't work. Um, there was another one where he was clear. I'm forgetting that one. So maybe someone tell me he about got that. The, he got the ball passed to him. He was like basically right at like, um, the PK spot, like right there, just kind of darting across. No one was in front of him and he just kicked it straight at the goalkeeper. Yes. And that's not the first time that he's done that either. Like, you know, there there were a couple other matches. Uh, was it two matches ago where he he received the ball almost at the exact same spot, and he's or maybe closer to the top of the box, and he's just swarmed by defenders, and he can't get the shot off. So it's like a lot of times in those situations, his back is to goal, and then he has to completely turn around and get the shot off. And and but this one was a little more egregious. No, this one, like, he was like facing goal, and the ball was yeah. coming straight to him. He didn't have a defender near him, except for the goalkeeper. So. But um, Amaria did score when um, Lude sent in a fantastic right-footed cross right off of he He was like, hey, buddy, and he passed it off of his buddy, Francisco Calvo. Um, and Calvo, you know, he's, he's such a giving uh, spirit, you know, that he was like, of course. Bounce it off my body, and it goes right to Amaria. Um, fantastic finish. And that was the only goal that we needed um, but is there, what do we want to say about the attack here, right? The, that goal was fantastic, but we should have had a lot more chances here and, and put them away. One thing that I was surprised about is that I thought our, like our expected goals was 1.8 and I thought it would actually be way higher than that. Cause it just seemed like we had so many opportunities because you had, you know, Bongi had that clear uh, you know, mm-hmm. shot on goal that, uh, you know, Frank Payne had that one at the end of the, match uh you know Amri had like three clear like opportunities like I thought our expected goals would be higher than 1.8 but like it just felt like it kind of our offense currently feels like it did at the end of last season where we're creating opportunities and we're just not able to like use them to our advantage and finish them and that's just the feeling that it, I'm having right now like I it doesn't feel like our offense has has shown the improvement that we were supposed to be getting over this offseason yet. Yeah, I I, I want to say it, it also has to do with the personnel that's out there. I mean, uh, whenever we have to put um, the bossy on the left, it seems that um, 
the default is to always have Arriaga play on that side for physical support and also um, support in the aspect of like, you know, taking up space and challenging the ball. And then Bongi is also on that left side to be able just to provide that extra support if needed. So then that way the boss, doesn't have to do as much work as, as, as he would. But then I, I think overall, it's just, it's just, you know, Reynoso has not been the Reynoso that we've, that we've seen in, in, the, in the previous two games, at least, where he's trying to create opportunities or getting fouled a lot and all that kind of stuff and drawing attention to him. He was and I think he's just game. trying to get used to. What's that? Um, I thought Reynoso was at least better this game than than last, but yeah, yeah, but 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 still, I mean, it's not it's it's not um, for for being for accolades being thrown here and being yes. the best ten in the MLS. Yeah, it, it is it isn't what you what you expect him to do, and I think it has to do with a, with the fact that he has two new players that he has to get used to playing or understanding or at least even acknowledging them on the field for that sense, right? And and trying to get used to that, and I think that eventually will work out on its own, but. I think he does miss having uh, a Fragapane that plays the ball back to him a lot and have one else feed him the ball. And I think that was a lot that we weren't doing was just try to get him the ball up at a higher rate. Um, but, oh, I mean, it, it created opportunities enough. I think Lude was very physical in this game. And I really liked that. Um, uh, the Jackson Ewell and the Reynoso uh, uh, scrimmages of fighting and UFC matches that were happening on the corners were, were fun to watch. But... We created enough opportunities to be able to to win this game and put it away. It's just, you know, again, as Mark pointed out, we just can't finish. I think the the thing for me that's when we're talking about personnel, we look at our our method of attack and you know the Metanair and Chase thing. Like the Met the Metanair thing is 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 much clearer that that is affecting the numbers in the box. Robin Lud has to be a lot more vertical than he normally has been because you're not getting a Metanair that's bombing forward as much. The whoever is playing at fullback is staying back a little bit further. Um, you know, he he doesn't he's not able to combine as much. Um, and hopefully you'll see more of what he was doing to get the Amaria goal, which is was which was the crossing, but we're not seeing the crosses. I forget I don't know what the stats are now, but when I was looking at the our crossing stats when we are typically one of the the most prolific crossing teams in the league, we were at the bottom at least um, after week three. So it's like, it's clear that we're missing that element of our attack, which could be counting for some of these chances. But when you have someone like Ariaga, who's out there bossing the midfield um, that maybe matters a little bit less, but you know, the, the angle of, a, of our attack is going to be a thing. And if Metnair comes back healthy, that opens up another option. I think that might, that might help things with, in terms of the number of chances and expected goals that we'll get. Yeah, there's a question of, um, you know, sometimes those injuries will force you to play differently because we don't have the options on the, uh, from fullback of those crosses. And uh, we've seen that before where Metnair goes out and we have to play differently. And sometimes it works for the positive. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, let's uh, let me ask you about this. We gave up no shots on goal. Um, San Jose couldn't pray for an attack. I guess they did have a, a, a couple of chances. They had one that went wide, um, but it was a pretty good game. We dominated. Should have scored a couple more. You know, it should have been more comfortable. But again, I, I'm not crazy worried about that early in the season. 
what accounted for that good defensive solidity? Uh, well, for one, San San Jose is a bad team. Yes. Like, like there's, I mean, like I think going back to like last season when we were you know zero and four to start the season, we weren't like we play we were playing poorly, but we weren't a bad team. And San Jose is just a bad team. Like they just look terrible, and. I mean, they had like 60, what, 2% possession and they managed zero shots and they, they had one opportunity in like the 56th minute that went wide and that was about it. Like, I don't know. Like, any team will make, any, San Jose will make any defense look good because they're that bad. But they do have decent players. I mean, Cade Cowell came in late, late on and I was like, oh, I wonder if this is actually going to do so. It did not, readers, it did not. Um, but they have, they have some decent players out there. Um, you know, and Jackson Yule is is a great player who I'd love to have. Um, but yeah, they were they were okay. So they, that's the they were bad theory. Um, who else has a, a, a what else went right for us in, in in that defensive solidity? I mean, I think you you look at you look at our midfield. I mean, I I think the ref was totally like killing the 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 flow of the game with just when and when and how he was calling fouls. Like Will Trap had a couple of you know, fouls called on him in an early yellow card and that affected his play. But I think um, Ariaga's recoveries and tackles in midfield were huge. I think getting and and uh, you know, and I don't, I don't have the stats in front of me, but like, at least to the eye test, it felt like our, our attacking midfield was getting back behind the ball a little bit more. Like we were being a little bit more defensively stout, um, you know, you know, you you've got you've got your will trap. Well, we're talking about that that double pivot that is our protection in front of our back line. I think our back line has been pretty good. We could talk about our center back pairings and every different version of it as much as you want. We know that that's solid. The thing that's always been a question is what's going to happen when an Aussie leaves or whoever. And I think we figured out that like Ariaga, who is totally bossing the midfield, and I think that's that's a big reason that I think we're able to get balls back. He's making really. Um, important tackles and forcing turnovers, whether it's direct or indirect, um, you know, it's, he's, he's been a standout performer for us and it's still very early in the season. And there is some concern about how long, how, how long his engine can actually run without getting hurt. But, you know, I think that's a huge part of why San Jose wasn't even able to get into zone 14 or whatever, because he was there shutting things down. Ariaga is awesome. It was great to finally watch him in person. Um, uh, and I, I spent a lot of time actually just, just him, both him and Bongi, because I had not seen them really go on per- Bongi a little bit, but um, it was great just to stare at them and see what they were doing. Um, Ariaga also had this amazing moment, which I totally missed in the game, but it was late on and um, we were wasting some time and the players coming over and uh, Watke, the, the fantastic, uh, Chris Watke, Twitter guy, already did a video on this. But the ball's kind of going, and Ariaga's going to go, and, and he's going to pick it up and, and throw it to them. But he does this thing where he leans down to pick it up, but then he kicks it and kicks it away from everyone. Oh, my God. It's such a bullshit move. And I'm, I am a sucker for bullshittery, for just being total... Um, the dark arts. Yeah, that's, that's the Ibsen stuff that I would love... 
I was actually mad when Reynoso was subbed off late on. He didn't. And the the ref was like, come on, come on, come on. He didn't do the fake jog thing, which is one of my favorites. The I'm going to go even slower, but I'm going to move my arms. So it looks like at least I'm trying. Oh, that's that is that move. Guaranteed to make me go crazy. Did you see what he did, though? What did he do? So the ref was trying to like grab for like a card or something. And Mm -hmm. so then he puts his hand up and then Reynoso just high fives him. Oh, that's good. Oh, that is good. Oh, my God. I he was walking off. I was like, we aside from my angle, and we're like, did you just high-five the ref? And he's, I was like, I was like, oh, and now, and now the ref is like, oh, now I'm an asshole if I give you a card. Okay, buddy. Exactly. But like, yeah. just high-five Classic. And, and I think that was... The other thing, too, is that uh, Ariaga, there's, there's a point where he's like trying to have a conversation with the ref, and there's a picture on Twitter and where he's literally... It's like it's like he's overtowering the ref, and the ref's looking back, looking at him up and back, and it's like the most intimidating thing I've seen in a while. But Ariaga has hops. Like every yeah. time he jumped for a ball in the middle of the midfield, he had a vertical easy like over plus forty inches plus. Like it was it was just one of those things. I'm pretty sure he can dunk a ball, no problem. He can do the East Bay funk, uh, <laughs> totally. But I think that's just one of those things that. Uh, that that I found really interesting is this Ariaga just haven't been able to 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 see him live and see him what he's what he's like on there. But he, he covers a lot of ground. He's physical. He's willing to challenge, and I think that helps out uh, the defensive purpose a lot. Same with Bongi. Um, I was thinking. Sorry, while you were talking, I was kind of uh, in my brain space thinking about Bonganistas and also Kermagird, and um, I wanted to think about um, Kermagird, Ariaga, and Kermagurden. And and uh, imagining him in the movie Armageddon. That's all I got. You don't, you don't want to miss a thing. Yeah, I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's Ariagistas or uh, I, I don't know what I don't know what the the Ariaga um, supporters are. I mean, it would make more sense the the Easter would make way more sense with uh, um, Kermagird, but the, you know. I, I jumped on the bongi train early, but but the two of them are fantastic. Um, they're fantastic. It's been fun to watch them so far. Um, I want to talk about the defense a little bit. I think um, Boxall and Coleman did a really good job here. Debassi was great on the left. Um, Dotson, thank God they zip tied his arms behind his back. It was like a episode of Twenty Four. They like he didn't wear gloves, and I think that had something oh, to do with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that when you wear gloves, he was wearing black gloves in that game. And he was like, oh, they can't see my hands. They're like invisible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am a big fan of um, the short sleeve jersey and the gloves. That's always been a um, Jermaine uh, Defoe would always do that. Or or Aaron Lennon. Sorry, Aaron Lennon. Um, early in my uh, soccer watching era of, of Spurs. It also, it also feels like they're they're going to go to a heist afterward. I think it's more that they're going to do some press to digitation. Um, I want them to do some mime work and really just really, uh, yeah, it'd be great. Um, so Dotson was better here in general. I think that I'm really impressed with the, the trap has not been hundred percent yet this season, but I think he and Ariaga are who I want to see in there. I think if we get Metonier back, um, I would be pretty happy here to see Kamar Lawrence come in as well. Um, would be great, but um, Brent Coleman has been having a really good season so far. He's, I think, he's only slipped on the turf once this season, which is like usually he's at he's at a 
uh, an expected slip in XS um, of one per game usually. Well, I, I, I think one point three. I think, I think is the official. Like his his boot. So like, there's a couple of things. We're gonna I'm gonna go in style thing, like a boot selection thing. There are a lot. There are a bunch of players who wore like the sky blue boots yeah. with the black kits, which one looked super sick. But then Brent Coleman had like this amazing like skin colored boots that was just like it was like peachy flesh. Like, is is he wearing like the toe shoes? I can't tell, but it looks like he does. He just have like giant, like webbed feet that I can't see because I'm up in the upper deck. And what do you uh, call those um, running shoes that have the the toe holes in like yeah, the barefoot that, yeah. things? It's that I think actually he borrowed um, data uh, datas from. Um, the Goonies, and so he had the oh, slick. Not, he had not, the sl- not data from not data from Star Wars. No, no, he had Trek from from Goonies. Wait, Next Generation? What? Yeah, anyway. Star, Wars, Star Wars Next Generation, the New Hope. He had the <laughs> he had the slick shoes. He always has slick shoes going, and then it's like, God damn it, Brent! Now it's now it's not the time. All right. Anything else you want to say about this game? We didn't say much about this game, to be honest. I um, mean, like, uh, like there were a couple other. Like I think the subs were right when they came in. DJ Taylor came in for Will Trapp when it looked like Will Trapp was about to get another yellow card. Um, so he came out, Dotson shifted to Trapp's role, which I think is the right call. DJ Taylor came in as right back. Um, Dunlady came in for Amaria. Let's talk about that, that one. Right? Can we talk about Dunlady? Yeah. Why was that yeah. right? Because um, why was that right? Because it's it's yeah. quite obvious that Dunlady, like that Unu, is in the doghouse, and we've seen this happen with players in the past a lot at Minnesota United. And um, I, I just um, I don't understand it because Dunlady is has not been very good for us. Um, he had a brief, uh, you know, he scored those five goals, and that was about it in that one season. Um, and then he was very poor in Nashville too. And Unu, you know, we talked about this last year. Unu was not finishing, but he was doing a lot of the stuff right. Right. I mean, none of us were ready to to cut bait on him. Uh, like, he's still a good player, and I think there's often this thing that happens where it's like, oh, well, his attitude isn't right, and it's like, well, if you have that many players leaving because their attitude isn't right, like. I don't know. Maybe it's a you thing and not a them thing. Um, it's it's maybe. it's a weird situation. Unu should have come yeah. in. Dunlady was yeah. not good. He had that one pass. He did have the good pass to set up Franco late on, but Dunlady was not good in this game. I don't no, know. and also I don't know, like, because he, when he came in, he like started off playing on the right, and then they transferred Lude up top, and he like everybody was basically tucked in defensively. To just secure to see the game out, like why would you have put in Dunlady is someone to like come back and cover on the right well, side defense? Well, he, like, he it made was, no sense. He, he he was playing up top once it was once they 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 moved that direction. I think it was very fluid. Like just I think you're right. Like everybody tucking in defend. I barely saw Frago Fragapane on the wing. He was playing almost as like as a dual ten with whoever the hell was in the middle of the park, and so it's like. I, I think Heath was like, well, we'll put up somebody who can run fast up top. And right. no, the thing is, like they, had, they, they had Ray up top. Like they moved everybody in yeah, and for, they had Ray up top. And like, yeah. they yeah, no, it, it was a rotating thing. It was literally what it was. Whoever was closest to the ball was the one that was going to try to press the ball. Exactly. And, Dunlady, I, and Dunlady wasn't the closest at most of the times. I, I think for the amount of work that he's put together in this game, 15, 20 minutes, if, 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 
Fragapane doesn't mess up that 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 goal opportunity, I mean, I, I think Unu puts that away. But if if it is if it isn't that, then yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I just would throw down Lottie as a horrible play. But I also think that he doesn't get the opportunity to play at all most of the time. So he did okay. He, he if, if that would have been better situation, I think he would have done better. But my overall, point is my I point mean, is that. Unu getting frozen out for Denladi is something that doesn't make sense right now to me. Right, and but we also don't know what like Unu posted a cryptic message in in French on Twitter, and it ended up having to be related with the passing of somebody at uh, the Rene um, uh, team of directors or one of the owners, yeah, from I believe, his former club. Yeah. So then, like, I was like, do I know what his mental state is? I don't know. I mean, it's also 15, 20 minutes. Do you really want to give him fifteen minutes at all? I mean, I'd rather give him forty five minutes, but. You know, I still think Unu will get his playing time. You can't. I just don't know how you can dismiss seven goals. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and where, where there's yeah. a will, there's a way for Adrian Heath. And like, there's I talk about like just a a coach setting up a player player for failure this season. Like you started off in preseason where Dunlady was the one who's coming out with all of the starters and getting all of the time with all of the starters. Who, who knew would if when he came in in the second half, he was playing with like McMaster and everybody didn't get any time in preseason. And now during the regular season, he's gotten seven minutes in the first four matches and suddenly like, and now the only time he's going to get a chance now is because it's typical Adrian Heath is going to be when we're down by like two or three goals and he's just throwing the kitchen sink at whatever's happening. And they're like, Hey, go prove yourself with nobody and we're probably going to be injured too while you're doing it. Well, like, well, it's, and, it's just terrible. And, and this is, and this is clear where it's like, what, what is, why was he signed Ben? You know, and, and that's the ultimate question. Why was he signed? If Heath is, if Heath is the director of whatever and has a say over these signings and they scouted him, why was he signed? If he's more of like a withdrawn striker that is more finesse than he is speed and hold up play Whereas he wants, we know what's what kind of striker Heath wants. He wants an Amaria. That's why he they went after him, and they couldn't get him last year. So then they signed to a DP contract. Who knew? And if if he doesn't fit the system, why are you signing him? And I think Don Lottie is somebody that Heath wants. Has like this. There's like this weird redemption obsession that I think Heath has with Don Lottie, and then. You know, I don't know. It's weird. Who knows? Look, here's two things. Uh, Don Lottie is a new is is Heath is new Dom Dwyer. Um, That's fair. That's very fair, actually. Um, un- he's Don Dwyer. Don Dwyer is, is what we we'll call him for now on. Um, Don Don Lottie Dwyer. Yeah, Don, Don Don Dwyer. Good job. I like that one. <laughs> also, Unu is uh, is a new Chacon in a sense, right? Show potential, and then so far, gets you know doesn't get a second chance and a second start. Now here's my question: This is this is a poll. Does he make it? Does Unu make it to our first U.S. Open Cup game? Does he is he still on the roster by our first U.S. Open Cup game? I mean, he's signed like a three-year deal. What are we going to do? Sell him for like no, I think a quarter of what we paid for? Same thing we did with Chacon. We didn't do anything for him for two years, and he was a DP signing too. We also didn't have the open cup where we yeah, did this, that one season. This, I mean, it's a good question. Um, let's uh, let's call it uh, a day on this. We'll come back and we've got uh, some previews and we're going to take some questions. 
finish it up on the 55-1 podcast. My name is Wes. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about let's this Thursday night, you, United States versus Mexico, 9 p.m. It's a late night, homies. Uh, I'm going to be a Blackheart, keeping it real late and uh, and cheering on the United States and freaking out because it's going to be stupid. But it's going to be an amazing game. Um, the last, this whole, the last three series, this is like, it's coming down. We are going to qualify. I can feel it in my bones. Um, we desperately need to. So anyway, come join me and we'll have some curds and drink some summits. Uh, the next game for Minnesota United is Saturday, April 2nd, 7 PM, Minnesota versus Seattle. Um, Seattle have been uh, turning it up at the beginning of the season, but that's kind of their MO. That's what they do. A bunch of Seattle fans, I think, are going to be in town for this. Um, and, uh, you know, they've got a home CCL match against New York City uh, four days after they visit us. So um, they might, maybe they'll like rest some players or something like that, or who maybe knows? Maybe they'll play all the, like the middle schoolers like we did last time when we beat them 1-0. Yes, perfect. Um, let's take some questions here. Um uh, Jeremy Scheller says, I'd like some uh, speculation on the official name for Ariaga's cheeky move. This is the move we talked about earlier. And a thorough postmortem on the life and times of Adrian Unu as <laughs> Minnesota United uh, striker. Um, how good is Heath at ghosting DPs? Is there room for improvement? Um, that's a lot of questions. Which ones do you want to take, guys? Anyone? Um, I, that raise, that those questions raise a question. Like, has anyone ever gotten out of Adrian Heath's doghouse? If you think no. of like the players who have benched, has anyone ever gotten out and actually played again? No, because Miguel Ibarra was yeah. he 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 didn't get the last chance when he could have played. So Christian Ramirez was benched on his last match right, as a match. as a loon. I mean, Calvo finally got in the doghouse and then just had to leave the club. Club. Yeah. Um, was Coleman ever in the doghouse? Like he no, got, he, Coleman he got was just away. never. Coleman was just never rated. Right. Yeah. Coleman, you, you'd have to take a player who was brought in as good and like eventually got a chance and made good on it. Um, maybe. Uh, Rasmus Schuler, but maybe Schuler was like just because they didn't have uh, no. The answer is no. No, um, I, no I mean I would just say the, the 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 Ariaga move is is a quintessential ope. Like it is an ope. It's just a a perfect ope move. I, I, I think he needs to have like a was this, isn't his his nickname Misilito? So yeah. Yeah. What can we just call it? Delito. We we can, mm-hmm. we can call it whatever Done. you you say. This this podcast is how we decide these things. It's a all right. So for now, it's called Delito. Yep. Yeah. All right. Done. Old man Zathras says interested um, to know more of your guys' impression of Sherry Ballard after some time on the job. Um, this is Zath was um, the one who Sherry Ballard came over and talked to about the, this, and so I think um, Zath was very impressed with uh, Sherry Ballard kind of coming over to talk about the TIFO. Um, I don't know if we've seen that much from her. I don't think I've seen her in like a video yet or anything, which is, you know, no, it's, it's, it's early funny because like Chris Wright still does like the, yeah, yeah. Da- the uh, whatever data, atomic data they, they commercials. Did, they did the atomic dog. Dog. They changed the timeline of it. It was like president from whatever to, to 2021. Oh, they so, did? Okay. Yeah. That's just, that's just, uh, that's just efficiency in, in post-production. Uh, no, I like, I mean, how many times, I mean, how long does it take? Uh, 
for like a CEO. Like she's she's going to be figuring out, and I don't think we're going to see any real movement or any real change for half a year or like while we're also into the season. So you know maybe we revisit that one. You know, in the summertime, we see where we're at at the, the at the All Star break, especially because we're going to be hosting the All Star game this oh, year. Oh, the All Star break! I can't. And also, wait. like we, when do we ever really see too much from Chris Wright publicly either? Like, and that's exactly. Saw him right. every like two or three months. Well, yeah, yeah. Like and he never did anything with the supporters or fans or anything. Um, yeah. No, I, I know that the supporters group leadership has met with her twice, and um, and people say nice things. I mean, I I'm looking forward to her kind of whatever she's going to do. Um, but I don't think I have anything to judge off yet. Um, Alex Hint says, does Dane start at least one match for Canada in the next qualifying window? No, I um, hope so. I don't think, think it will. I think he's, he's third string. I don't think he's going to yep. start. Uh, I mean, the say, two people that are in front of him, he's got more playing time than him. So, yeah. I also just going to say, uh, I don't But have, that. but those people have let in a goal so far this season, right? Until Canada um, <laughs> annexes Minnesota, I don't give a shit what they do. Uh, I just want to finish above them. Matt Savage says, with the international break happening, do you think it'll help Minnesota United or hurt them? Um, we do have eight points from these first four games, which I think is pretty impressive because I, I think we all agree that the team is not um, in fifth gear yet. Uh, I think they're more in third gear. And um, I think... It's nice to get those points while you're not uh, firing yeah. on all cylinders because I'm just going to keep doing car metaphors here. If the international break allows uh, Metonair to get healthy, I think that will yeah. only be good for us. I, I think I think any any players who are still left who are who haven't gone, which is most of the team, um, does it allow Kamar Lawrence to get familiar in training and get up to speed with he's. Uh, tactics uh, joke um, and yeah and if Metnair can get healthy and then he can come into the first game and re-injure his hamstring at the 35th minute and get pulled out for another 8 weeks um, Easy Ha wants to know what does this mean wrong answers only and this is the Adrian Unus uh, tweet which we, we now have know is about a, a, a Ren Stade de René um, board member, right? So, so it's merci so, yeah. pour tout ce que tu m'as porté, which is thanks for all you've given me. Oh, come on. Merci pour tout ce que m'as porté. Did you, were you proposing that that is a better pronunciation? No, I just like pretending that I speak French. Oh, okay. I will make sure to do that when I speak Spanish on this show. Oh, I would love to see you do that. Please, please. I encourage all of you, especially oh. Mark. Oh, that's what I already do. What are you talking about? Right. No, that's right. true. Mark does it better than all of us. That is true. So, well, who's, who's he thanking for all that you gave, gave me? <laughs> Never mind. Uh, uh, he, he's, he's thanking his, um, uh, the, the company that makes his hair product. They're actually distributing in the U.S. now. Oh no! It's the ED, it's that EDM like uh, artist that he was like on tour with and like sh- sh- bumming around with for a while before he came here. What? Yeah, there was like I was like when I searched on Twitter, I was like, dude, was, like, we don't stuff all follow him them on like, Instagram. You got to actually keep us up to speed on this stuff. Yeah, like for a while, like he was like always like he was like tweeting about like like stuff to like this EDM like artist guy who was like throwing parties and stuff, and he was like really into the EDM. Um. Adrian I mean, Nunes. I heard, 
I heard that he was uh, thanking the people at the Habaneros Taco Grill Taco Truck. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Was on on the on the West River. So um, yeah, that's it. Unu did open up a restaurant outside of uh, Ren this last weekend. So congratulations, Unu. Um, Andy Call says, y'all never talk about how dumb MLS power rankings are. Like how, how do you do it? What do you do when you're pretending it doesn't bother you? I need tips. Um, uh, just don't read power rankings. I, d- I just, I just assume that if we win, we drop. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess for me, like I don't need, I, I bought, I have a house that I bought and I've been like slowly renovating. I don't need to buy a new house. So I don't, I don't go to realty websites is what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I we're like, we are a, a, a joyful group of people that love talking about our sport. Whereas, you know, that's just a whole, like, that's like four squares of sadness that are just talking about like ranking teams. Come on. Yeah. And what also, I mean, to do? you also have to start with like, there's algorithms. Like if you're uh, the closer you are to either coast, you your values are higher and it's all, it's all, it's a lot of complicated math that no one you, really needs you to can't, understand. You can't be happy if you live in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Minnesota United, the, the last question here is how long did they stay undefeated? We already mentioned that Minnesota play Seattle next, and then they go to Austin. Then they have at home to Colorado on the 16th. Oh, okay. And then, uh, at home to Chicago, um, I mean, none of those are easy games. Austin have, have proven better this year. Colorado are a very good team. Uh, Sounders are a good team who are just struggling. Um, do we get through those three games uh, unscathed? It's possible. No. But we'll probably remain undefeated until we lose. Wow. That's, that is wow. exactly why Fucking... people support us on Patreon. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Confucius Fangmire over here. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everyone, for, for listening to this podcast and, and ruining your brains uh, as much as you do. Um, well, thanks, friends, for, for being part of this. And, uh, hey, um, we've got Minneapolis City on Wednesday at 7. We've got um, the U.S. versus Mexico, 7 p.m. or 9 p.m. on Thursday. And then... When's the Sunday game? Then there's a Sunday game, etc. I don't think we'll record a podcast next week unless we just feel the Holy Spirit moving. Um, but you know, uh, we'll just we'll just let that happen. Regardless, we'll see you out sometime soon. You're beautiful. You're sexy, and everyone loves you.